and welcome to Cena Nerd Podcast. Tonight we are ranting and raving about all the latest film news to come out of San Diego Comic Con 2017. We saw some speedsters, some arrows, and of course we're not going to talk about any of that tonight. We're going to talk about Marvel and DC. But I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me as always is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. Hey, Will. What's hey. up? What's up, Sarah? How you doing? I am good. I completely forgot to change the introduction since we decided to move TV to next week. Yes, well, you did a great job covering it, I must say. Wait for it. Batman did it. Oh, Batman did it. Batman did it. Um, and Batman did it. I love that kid. I, I have to say, we have to find that kid and have him on the show one week. We sure do. We do, we yeah. do, but yeah. we don't have we don't have the cutest kid on the planet on the show tonight. But we do have friend of the show, talented actress, movie maker, Jackie Dallas. Hey, Jackie. Hello. Hey. What is going on <laughs> with you these days? I just want to crack up every time I hear you say Batman did it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the pity laughter. You like. Introduced a new thing into my life, which everyone's gonna hate you for. <laughs> you don't have to hey, tell them where it came that. from. Like, I mean, what? Let them wonder. <laughs> Why would you just like throw me under the bus like that? <laughs> you know, the same thing happened when I told you about Glow, and when I told you about that other series. God. I yeah. Watching. I told you about a few shows to watch, and then suddenly. I felt like I completely turned you into a really lazy person. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really good at multitasking, okay? <laughs> I don't know. I saw your Twitter feed. Oh, it was like, man. oh, I can't stop watching this show. Damn you, Sarah. Glow <laughs> yeah. was really good. It was, like, shockingly good. I just, yeah, I really enjoyed that. You know, the funny thing about... The funny thing about Glow, I didn't really put it together tonight. We, we, we talked about it on the show. But then I, I, I saw it again and I, then it, 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 it hit me. I was like, oh yeah, that show. I remember it, you know, it was like Saturday night after the local news. I was like, it was like, yeah, I was like, that show. And yeah. So. My favorite thing about watching Glow was like reading all the behind the scenes and like the interviews that they would do. Because they would just talk about, like, oh, yeah, this show. Like, I don't know. It just seems like a bunch of creepers and, like, weird people and perverts would watch it. And it's like, oh, everyone's dad watched it. Everyone's brother watched it. And apparently Will watches it, too. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> I, really, I, I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wow. You went there, Jackie. You just went there. Yep. Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's <laughs> great. I saw it totally yeah. awesome. See how comfortable like um, you guys now? Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Batman did it. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, so Will. Yeah. Um, first of all, delayed reaction. Second of all, where are you with Mr. Robot now? Where am I with Mr. Robot? I am at episode four of season two, and the reason why it's taking me a while is I'm. There's just so much going on in these episodes. I'm having, I'm finding myself watching it twice to make sure I didn't like miss anything. Um, so 
really enjoying it though. Still love it. Can't wait for uh, can't wait for season three to drop in October. Can't wait for season three. You haven't even finished season two. I know. So. I will. I will finish it before then. But I have to admit, I'm a huge Star Trek fan, and then I have also been watching season six of the Space Nine every night. It comes on like this up, upper tier cable channel, heroes and icons or something like that. And uh, it, you know, I just again, I'm a huge Trek fan. Of course, Star Trek Discovery was uh, the New trailer was dropped at Comic Con. We won't talk about that in too much depth this week, but um, <laughs> but I will say, just getting back to DS Nine, it's just it reminds me of how of all the treks, it is probably the best and show as far as an ensemble cast of all the series. I mean, they all the characters well developed, all of them play well off each other, so. Yeah, that's that, that's why I've been sort of in between two shows of Mr. Robot it's okay. and 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 DS9. Decided to get my truck fixed. It's okay. I just have a few questions for you. Yeah. <laughs> like every week. Oh yo yo, fire Jackie, away. it's been great. I like grill him on what's going on with Mr. Robot. It's well, beautiful. So. It's like it's it's like. You know, she is like the professor, and I'm like this this the student here, and she just loves. Molding me and her Mr. Robot image. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Mr. Um, Robot's pretty intense, though. There's so is. many, like, plot things that happen, especially the second season. It got much more complex. Yeah. Careful. <laughs> He's not there yet, Jackie. <laughs> very, very she, careful. She, Sarah's waiting for me to get to that point. She's like, come on, damn it, Will, hurry up and get there. I want to talk to you about this. Let's make sure you get everything. You get yeah. all the details. <laughs> yeah. So so here, here's the thing, Will. Where is Tyrell? That is... The, I have been looking for him every single episode, and he is he is not around. Obviously, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm still I'm still you know I'm still at the basketball court with Elliot and his anxieties, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just I you know. I'm still like stuck in the notebook as he's scribbling things, scribbling things out, and I'm, I'm missing all the, all the hacking. You know, it, it was nice to see Darlene show up. You know, finally show up again. Sorry, when you said the notebook, immediately I'm like, what do you mean, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams no, showed up? No, <laughs> no, Elliot's Elliot's scribblings. And my par- and my paranoia that you like had to pull me out of last week. So so, what do you think about Dom, the FBI agent? She, you know, whatever. Uh, what's his name? They were investigating his murder. Uh, I, I, Dom. Well, she is. I don't know. I, I haven't got a good read on her yet. I don't know if she's friend, foe, but how she's going to sort of play into the overall overarching, you know, investigation of F society's big hack. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm reserving judgment on all that character right now. Have Have they shown much of her personal life yet? Oh yeah, they did quite a bit. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. You, did you notice the similarities between her and Elliot in that regard? Um, yeah, similarities there. And like I said, I'm still trying to figure out what this character's about. Uh, but I, I feel like I got to get a little deeper in, in, into the show to, to to see what that's all about. All right. All right. Well. I mean, it's just a, it's just a yeah. I mean, it's just. As I said, it's just a lot going on in season two that I just felt like I have to like watch two, you know, watch the episode twice just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah, it's they're also longer episodes than in season one. Yeah. So it it feels a lot more. Um, it's it's a bigger thing this this year, and it, it just feels slower. I got I got bored and frustrated, especially with the first half of second season. I will say I will say that has been one thing I have found has been making it, and maybe that's why I was able to you know with season one I was able to get through it with a real good clip. Season two, the pacing does seem a lot slower than it did in season one. So it is you know. It, it, it has been hard, you know, harder to keep my attention. Even though I want to keep it, it's just the pace. It's like, come on, get get to it, get to it. But it's just a lot. Yeah. It's just a lot. Yeah. It's a lot more slow as far as just kind of unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, hold in. Stick. Stick with it. Oh, I'm not. Good. I'm not. I'm not quitting. There's some stuff coming. I know. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to quit. I'm, I'm definitely going to going to knock out some episodes this weekend. Yep. You're like, I want to watch it until I can answer where Tyrell is. Yes. I'm <laughs> committed. Totally. I mean, his name's in the credits, so where is he? <laughs> That's the question. Yes. Yeah, so where's White, White Rose? I mean, I haven't, you know, I'm still. Oh. I yeah. mean, has, Jackie, did you hear about this? So. Mr. Robot pretty much got snubbed across the board at the Emmys, except for B.D. Wong for playing White Rose. He got an Emmy nomination. Interesting. They swept the year before. Yeah. Yep. And then Sam Esmail got a little bit too too big for himself. Mm. I'm too much control. I wonder if they. I wonder if they switched creative control on that series from season one to season two. Well, I don't did. know the answer to that, but yeah. What the, what happened, what what I understand is that in season one, they had a lot of different directors, but Sam Esmail was really, really had the vision and did pretty much all of the writing. But there still was some, I think, some of writer's room for collaboration. And then in right. season two, it was produced by him, written by him, and directed by him every single episode. Uh, yeah, that's tough. You gotta you gotta learn to have multiple eyes on something and get a lot of different opinions. And then suddenly the episodes just felt like they had to be an hour and a half long and I'm sitting here like, what is <laughs> happening? This He's like, because, they love my story, I'll give them more. <laughs> which which is totally like I think that's an excellent point and probably what went through his mind when in reality we love the story because it was so quick and it moved and there wasn't wasted space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When in season nice two point, Yeah. It, it kind of, it felt a bit repetitive mm-hmm. until you start getting to the really heavy stuff towards the second half of the season, which had some good payoffs. But 
I don't know. I, they they also got a bit convoluted. But. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I can tell you where Tyrell is. <laughs> is he in Game of Thrones? Wait, wait. He is in Westeros. How's Tyrell? <laughs> Mama Tyrell is sitting with Daenerys at the table. <laughs> that that war room had so many females in it. It was a beautiful. My God, it was so great. <laughs> so great. Love it. Love it. So, so Jackie, Game of Thrones is back. What are your oh, thoughts about season seven? Oh my God. Um, I actually dedicate time to watch this every week. It's one of the few shows that I will actually watch at the time that it airs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I canceled HBO before and I like re-signed up for it just for this show. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Kind of obsessed. Um, it's also, it's like, it's one of the shows that my husband and I both love to watch together because there's a lot of shows I watch he doesn't care for and vice versa. So this is one of the shows where we get mad at each other if we watch it without him. Ah, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was me, my wife and I, that, that was, that was us with, um, Mozart in the Jungle. Oh. Yeah, it was like, it was, yeah, we, yeah, it's like, don't you dare. All right, oh. It's like, don't worry, I won't, I won't, I won't. Yeah. Oh man. So so Ed Ed Sheehan or Sheeran. <laughs> Sheehan. Motman did it. <laughs> that guy. That song guy. That singer guy. Guys, I mispronounce things. Leave me alone. Uh, um that guy, that singer guy, redhead, yeah. very popular. Fanboy. Yeah. Just magically appears in the woods while Arya is trying to head back to King's Landing. Mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. just, they just, um, he's singing a song and then she sits down. And this is what bothered me, Jackie. Okay. It's not like the only point he was there is to sing that song. And then the, he, he decided like, yeah, guys, I can sing the song, but I'm not going to act at all. I'm just going to sit next to Aria and give her weird looks. <laughs> <laughs> like acting is reacting, right guys? Right? Wing, wing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I feel here's here's how I feel about this. I feel kind of bad for him because if he wasn't so famous, no one would have noticed him. Mm. He looks like what I imagine a medieval times musician, like traveling, you know, redheaded guy. I, that's he looks exactly what I would imagine a person like that to look like. So. Casting wise, I actually think that was pretty spot on. Hmm. Um, and the fact that he could sing makes him appropriate for the part. But because he's so gosh darn famous, <laughs> it distracted everyone and caused the backlash that it did. Um, I don't think he's intending for that backlash. I think he was actually genuinely excited. I mean, I'd be excited, but I'm not oh, edgy. So. <laughs> yeah, anybody would, but I'm not that famous, so I don't think I'll ever end up on that show in a small cameo like that. Mm. But I hear a lot, of, uh, a lot of like celebrities are wanting to like, you know, try and get on the show before it's over. You know, well, time time's running out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pull pull a Daniel Craig in Star Wars, okay? Put on a mask and 
out of sight, out of mind, not pulling viewers out of the experience. But, I mean, he could have been a dragon. He would have fit right in, Jackie. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. I think he fit into the world pretty well. It's just, like I said, he's just really famous. Um, it's hard. It's hard. So, so I, I felt like episode one, it was just placing everyone. It was the normal check-in with all the stories, updates, and then they left us at that perfect ending moment with Daenerys and Shall We Begin, classic, and her return home, which was great. Yes. Um, and I don't know about episode two, though. I'm kind of mixed on it because I felt like every they, they I don't know really why it's taking so long to get to the big bigger fights that we're in store for. It just feels like it's walking really slowly right now. I feel like I'm still Arya. And and so I'm just I'm just waiting for it. I mean, granted there was that amazing battle scene at the end of the episode that mm-hmm. totally throws everything off course, pun intended. <laughs> Will doesn't get it. Will stop laughing. I'm just, I'm just like I said, I'm sitting back enjoying the popcorn. Yeah. But so. doesn't that last scene doesn't that fulfill your like action quota that you were looking for? Well, it would have if I had been invested with a lot of those characters. <laughs> Because it's not True. it's not Jon Snow and Daenerys, which is really the moment that we're all waiting for. And I'm being so <laughs> Oh, you know they're going to drag that out, though. <laughs> you know they're oh. going to drag that out. <laughs> no, it's going to happen next episode, this Sunday. I saw oh, see, you see, you read all the spoilers. Yeah, I stay away from the spoilers. <laughs> I saw it in a trailer. That is I don't public information. Why. I don't even watch, like, at the end of the episodes, like, coming up next week, those little things. I don't even watch those. As soon as the episode's over, I shut it off, and I stay away from any, like, Game of Thrones hashtags on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really the hardest part. You have to go off Twitter Sunday nights, because that that is ridiculous what happens. So many yeah. things have been spoiled for me. But I, you know what? I guess really what I'm waiting for is another hold the door episode, which focused so much on a storyline that I was not invested in. And by the end of that episode, I'm sitting here just on the edge of my my seat, wanting to know what's going to happen. That was that was probably my favorite episode of last season. So I, I guess that's what I keep comparing it to. Granted, all of the heavy episodes of last season was really that second half. So mm-hmm. so it's it's hard because one you're excited that your the show is back and we're back in this universe. We know it's coming to an end. We know we're going to get our payoffs, but two, you're also at the start of a season when they're just setting the table and we're waiting for the feast to be brought in. That's true, that's true. Yeah, the second episode they kind of they hand you the menu, so to speak. You know, they haven't fed you yet, but they hand you the menu. Because, like you said, the first one was kind of like putting the pieces back together, telling you where everyone is. But the second one, there's a lot of, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, 
kind of setting things in motion or letting you know what each person's plan is right? and where they stand. And I thought there were some really good moments like um, when Daenerys and Varys had their little like, you know, discussion back and forth. I thought that was kind of interesting. Absolutely. Any, any scene with Varys in it, like that man, pay he attention. steals the show. Yeah. yeah pay attention. The <laughs> man is in the house. And he's a eunuch. (laughs) 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 Which which is probably the biggest point that came out of the second episode is that there was a lot of scenes with a lot of men who didn't have any dicks. Yeah, I thought that was I thought the Grey Worm scene, I thought that was actually done really tastefully. Yes, I have to. Yeah, I, I, I like that scene. I kind of forgot that that was happening, though, because I was I forgot that that was a thing because I feel like they didn't show up too much in the second half of the sixth season. So I kind of forgot about them a little bit. But yeah, it was a good middle section of an episode. (laughs) Um, Jackie, did you notice how there's that moment between Littlefinger and John? Yes. Which mirrors the same, pretty mm-hmm. much the same what moment. What happened earlier? Mm-hmm. Season one. I think there's some, uh, some, uh, what do you call it? Was it omens coming back? Ah, that's the word I'm looking for. History Predicting itself. Yes. Yes. John says interesting decisions. Do you agree with those? Um, I mean, he's coming from the most genuine place that any character can come from. So it's hard to it's hard to disagree with him. But at the same time, like we're not Jon Snow. We kind of have like a bigger picture. Right. So personally, I think he's being dumb. (laughs) But I can understand your team stands there. Okay. (laughs) But I can see why he's making the decisions he's making, which I guess is the point, right? They want to conflict you between him and Sansa. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's concerning, too. She's making some concerning decisions herself. Well, she hasn't made the decision yet. It's 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 all my full judgment of Sansa will come to how she handles Littlefinger, because They kept pointing out that John keeps repeating the same mistakes that Ned Stark did. And we all know what happened to Ned Stark. Right. So is Sansa going to repeat the mistakes of Catelyn? Catelyn, because Catelyn listened to Littlefinger and that led to this whole show. Like the story the show is telling was all triggered by communication between Catelyn and Littlefinger about what was happening in King's Landing and all of these conspiracy theaters, theories. So it'll be interesting to see um, if both Sansa and um, John can do better than their parents, or in John's case, his mm-hmm. his aunt and un- uncle. <laughs> <laughs> it's so complicated. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I mean, how is, I don't, uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very confusing, but... I did, I mean, to go back to the Varys scene, I also appreciated how um, 
how Tyrion was used in that because those are referencing classic one moments again with um, the travel that Tyrion and Jon Snow went to the well. Season one. Mm, I like that. That's true. Yeah. I love that line, though. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's just classic Tyrion material. But so... That is it for Game of Thrones talk. Will you still on the call? I am still. <laughs> I am still here. I enjoyed the, the the Game of Thrones talk, and uh, you know, again, I just you know, I I feel like the you know I, I left the, the, the train left the station. I'm you know I missed it, and, but it's always enjoyable to hear other people talk about it, especially you know when it's their one of their favorite shows. Especially if you, I know how it is with appointment television, so. Uh, yeah, totally think that's, uh, that's yeah. <laughs> well, have totally you not seen there. any episodes of Game of Thrones? I have, honestly, I have not. I have not seen a single minute. <laughs> <laughs> not one. Not one. Not one. I, yeah, I, I know. I just, I just haven't. Uh, You're like the only person. <laughs> I think I'm the only person in the, oh. in the whole world uh, that has not seen an episode of Game of Thrones. Um, I'm a, I'm a club of one. <laughs> but uh yeah you know I, I i will i will endeavor to get to it at some point but yeah jackie stop judging him That's so no, no. <laughs> she's not judging me and she's there's just a, like there's a reason why i'm on today's show as opposed to next week yes. so I'll just say that. <laughs> you're, you're not judging me you're you're like there are Plenty of shows that I don't watch. <laughs> I, I'm just like, I'm sitting here listening to it and trying to figure out in my mind how to do the theme song for Game of Thrones, like in sad voice. Like, dun, 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 dun. No, no, Jackie. No, it Jackie. sounds epic. Exactly. Exactly. But. <laughs> 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 But even As though new yeah, music. the new theme music, <laughs> but going from the <laughs> but going from the club of yeah, Game of Thrones and, and Batman did it. <laughs> <laughs> Batman did it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy! But uh, going from the club of one who has not seen Game of Thrones to something that hopefully many people will see, Jackie. Uh, we wanted to give you a, get us here an update um, on your on your film, uh, Look Into the Fire. I know we discussed it, uh, we talked about it with you uh, a few weeks ago when we were on the show, and uh, just looking at your webpage and the the, uh, tw- the Twitter feed from the uh, production, it sounds like a lot has happened. So give us a an up- lot is yeah, yeah. Give us an update. Where where are things with the uh, with the uh, production and, and when? When are you all planning on starting to film? I saw you had a table read, I think, this past week or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've got um, we've got two weeks left in pre-production. We're going to start filming on August 12th. And, oh, my God, there's so much that goes into a pre-production of a movie. Um, we've been just trying to get everything together so that we are ready to rock and roll on day one. Um, we've got our cast. We've got our crew. Um we have most of our main important locations, um, at least the ones that we need to definitely plan and like book ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we're starting to get our props together. We're starting to get notes on like the wardrobe and everything. Um, I mean, a lot of this is just, you know, the universal steps for making any movie, but with it being a feature film, there's just so much more scenes and time (laughs) to like make sure everything is in order. And then the continuities things. Um, I actually, this afternoon got off the phone. We had a good Skype um, meeting the production meeting um, with me and the director and our script supervisor and we basically went through the entire script page by page and talked about any last minute changes we mm-hmm. wanted to do what works what doesn't work what do we scrap what do we add how can this be better um, and it's so interesting like every time I've read the script like a hundred times right a right. hundred mm-hmm. times right. Yeah, but every time you have, go ahead. What's that? I was like, go oh, ahead. I was like, every time a new person reads it, like you give it to a fresh set of eyes, mm-hmm. they interpret things differently than you did, right? Because you've got this like vision that's just embedded in your head how you see it, and they make connections that you didn't know were there that were subconsciously made, and it totally works, and it's beautiful, and it's like, wow, that's so cool. We didn't even know we were doing that. Mm. Um, which is really great because everyone like really, you know, analyzes and gets into the story and fleshes it out. We had a table read last week, um, with most of our, most of our cast, um, definitely our main cast. And then we had a couple of people who couldn't make it, but it's such a cool feeling hearing it spoken out loud and the words given life for the first time, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's actually really, a good way to determine like what works as it's written too, because sometimes something written down makes sense. But Mm -hmm. then when you say it out loud, you're like, wow, that sounds really dumb or that sounds awkward. Mm -hmm. So we made a lot of changes based on that. And, you know, the actors there, everyone is so talented. They're getting into it and they're discussing and creating their backstories. And it's like so great. (laughs) That's great. That's great. So I know I was looking at the cast and it's a very, um, very diverse cast that you've uh, put together, um, yes. which I know, uh, given, you know, we've talked on our show and other, other forms, um, how important diversity is, uh, as far as the, as far as the, uh, uh, you know, film and, 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 and storytelling, how, how did it come about, um, finding, finding the, this, this broad range of folks and, um, uh, as you know, achieving one making you know sound casting decisions for you know for these characters, but also having the um, you know trying to meet this another goal of you know trying to give uh, actors of color uh, opportunities. Mm-hmm. So the really cool thing is, is I mean, we live in the Bay Area, so there's already it's a very diverse. Um, I mean. I, yeah, Los Angeles is diverse too, but we have we have a lot of diversity to pull from already. Um, you know, we're not in South Carolina or yeah. <laughs> in the Midwest somewhere. So we do have a huge pool of talented actors. And when we put out the casting call, we got actors of all different colors, creeds, shapes, sizes, you know, um, every sort of look, shape, and background. And so we individually, myself, uh, the director, and like one or two other people, we basically just went through and made our top choices based on 
number one most important thing is talent has to be there we have to they have to have the acting chops to carry on a feature film mm-hmm. um we take into consideration how do they look together and i don't mean that in the sense of like as a couple but you know you kind of there has to be a semblance of believability mm-hmm. um and then we did take into consideration diversity if it was an equal chance sort of thing. We didn't necessarily want to take away from the most talented person, but at the same time, we did want to make sure that we were, you know, properly representing what we wanted to represent. And with this taking place in a university grad school setting, I mean, it's not, it is expected to have a diverse cast, right? Yeah. Um, so we kind of, we kind of wanted to make the whole picture look believable and authentic, not forced, um, you know, we weren't going through saying like, we need one black person. We need one Asian. We need mm-hmm. one, you know, like yeah. we weren't going through and picking and choosing in that manner, but it just happened to work out this way. And we were really, really fortunate. Um, yeah, Good. we were really, really lucky to have the cast that we did. <laughs> That's great. Great. So, how, so once everything is all said and done, and it's a feature length film, what, what, mm-hmm. what are your anticipated runtime going to be? And, and as far as distribution, is it going to be local there in the Bay Area, or are you going to? Is it going to be, are you, you know, say, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, online? As far as you know, where can people uh, see this uh, film once you guys have once it's completed, and, and when do you anticipate it being released? So, what our plan is right now is we want it to be the feature length. We want it to be about. 110 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, you know, a little, we want it to be less than two hours. Um, we've been in the process of trimming it more and more because when it started out, it was like a 150 page script, which is really, really long. But, um, we, we anticipate it to be like 110 minutes or so, um, like an hour, you know, hour 40, mm-hmm. hour 50. And as far as distribution goes, we definitely want national, like nationwide distribution. Um, it'll be available you know, through DVD by the time we're said and done. I know DVDs are starting to fall to the wayside. So one of the areas that we're really focusing on on is uh, the video on demand services, mm. um, whether it be cable on demand or one of those premium channel on demands or uh, Netflix or Hulu. Um, we're definitely yeah. hoping to get it mm-hmm, to get it up on one of those platforms. Yeah, we're taking all the precautions. We're shooting it all in 4K. We're following like all the protocols that like Netflix has a really strict requirement for any content that they take on. It has to be shot on, you know, these cameras. It has to be shot at this ratio and so forth. So we're taking all of that into consideration because we don't want to close off any doors in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, with technology and everything just getting better and better, like why would we shoot on something that's not as good? Right. That'll be out- potentially outdated. Um, as far as the finished product goes, we're hoping for sometime in 2018. Um, I think we'll get probably, you know, like a, a rough cut of some sort early on, but then, you know, it's all up to how long it takes for us to get distribution. Um, we might do, we'll definitely do like a local screening mm-hmm. here in the Bay Area since we have so much of our community who's supporting us and, contributing and uh, you know the entire cast is basically based out of the bay so we'll do that um yeah we'll see where it goes from there great, great a lot of these indie movies also depend on like just what the response is which you know you never know you could have a great story but 
some of them catch on and like spread and then others, you know, you don't hear so much of. So hopefully we'll promote it and we'll see what yeah, happens. Promote it. Yeah. 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 And maybe like right. end up like, uh, like, you know, something that people are familiar with, uh, your work as stranger things, you know, wasn't promoted mm-hmm. too much, but then it just capture lightning in a bottle and, you know, it's become this mm-hmm. big thing. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah. Any other uh, any other projects that you could talk about uh, you're working on now that um, you know you think our listening audience or your fans would be interested in, in knowing about? Um, I just got cast in this new web series. Um, it's called Represent, and I play one of the leads on it. There's two leads. Um, and the storyline of Represent is it's two girls or two actresses and they're basically talking about how hard it is to be female and not super tall, beautiful and blonde in the Hollywood world. Represent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should have went deeper, right guys? Like yeah. represent. Oh wait, wait, wait. Batman voice. Yeah. Represent. <laughs> <laughs> So it's kind of cool. It's gonna it's gonna be a dark comedy, I think. So we'll um we'll be able to shed some light and some humor on the uh on the world of acting on the entertainment world. (laughs) Is do you prefer comedy over drama? Um, I don't know how to answer that. Acting in terms of acting. I feel that uh, this is such a cop-out answer. I like both. I like dramedies. Um, I like Aww. serious content. <laughs> <laughs> I like serious content that has humor interjected in it, right? Um, I think doing just straight drama gets really heavy, and I don't know. I don't want to spend a lot of time crying, ugly crying. But the bar for crying has been raised, guys. You can't just like shed tears anymore. You got to have like snot coming out of your face. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. nice. Yep. I understand yeah. that Please reference. Spills, spills. <laughs> yeah. so, but with that being said, comedy is so much fun to film, right? It's just it's a different art form. It's a different sense of, you know, delivery and acting. Um but it has to be done right. Comedy is very tricky. I feel like drama, it's just okay. It's just okay. But comedy, if it's just okay, it's not funny. No. <laughs> and it defeats the purpose of comedy. Yeah. yeah. I, love so. that. I love that drama. It's just okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it is okay. <laughs> I think I think it's always interesting to look at the different genres and try to figure out why like the, the hits and misses of it, um, what works and what doesn't work and how things would work in a dramatic way that would be very different in a comedic setting. Um, a few years ago, they had this big thing occur. I think it was a green light project and they, they tried to get a lot of directors, um, young directors, um, they, they, it was like a reality TV show, I want to say. I'm, I'm explaining this horribly. But at the end of it, they had two finalists, and both of them had the same script, and they both com, um, shot the movie. And if you watch the movies, they're very different, and that is because one is told in a dramatic tone and one is 
untold, varied, um, comedic, and over the top. Mm-hmm. But it was the same script. Really? Interesting. Oh. Yeah. 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 I forget what those movies are called, but I did watch one of them, the dramatic one, go figure. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, I thought it wasn't bad. Like for a first time director, I thought it was pretty good, um, pretty decent, straight to the point. But mm-hmm. I, I always am curious about that. And how one thing or when you were talking before about the table read and hearing the voices and sitting down with a director or another producer or the actors themselves, they you get their interpretations. I think that's Mm -hmm. what's so, so beautiful about cinema in general is that everybody finds their own um, their own reasoning for it and makes their Mm -hmm. own connection to it. Yeah, definitely. One of the things I really like about film, too, is that, you know, you kind of you show a lot more of the action than you speak. Right. Like television. I feel like there's a lot more dialogue because you got to move things along. You're on a very short time crunch and you have to get like through a plot. But with a film, you've got a little bit more time, but it's also more of a more of an artistic endeavor, I feel, in some ways. So. You can interpret something that doesn't have words in so many different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's like, there's this one scene that was written to be a very, it's kind of a dramatic scene and, you know, there's bad things happening. And when it was written, we didn't perceive it to be funny at all, but then everyone started laughing <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't meant to be funny. <laughs> but yeah. sometimes that happens yeah. and you're like, well, if everyone thinks it's funny, I guess we'll roll with it. We'll make some tweaks and make it, you know, appropriately funny. You know, uh, I, okay, I've never had somebody point that out to me before about the difference between film and TV and the dialogue. And that does make perfect sense because when you're on a TV show, they want to continue telling the story that their current viewers are watching, but also give opportunity for people like Will, who don't watch the <laughs> to sit down one night and find himself watching it and to be able to pick up the show. Yeah. Right? right. And yeah. so they, right. that's why they rely heavily. Granted, it's interesting we bring up this point when we were talking to Will about Mr. Robot and how second season, I feel like there was a lot more of those quiet moments, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. almost to a point of annoyance for a viewer who's used to. <laughs> yeah. It, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, but, you know, and to get to that point, too, to take it further, um, it can work or sometimes not work, depending on the the show, because, for example, I did try to, to watch Mr. Robot in season two, and just dropping in parachute, you know, middle of the show. And, you know, it actually did not, it was, did not help because it didn't have the, the context of the whole backstory. So it was very hard to actually get engaged and, and figure out this, this story because it was very convoluted versus mm-hmm. now, you know, now that I've watched the first season now it makes, you know, you know, in context, that all makes sense. But, uh, you know, so even as a viewer, sometimes even with the idea of, you know, with the, you know, exposition and, and storytelling with all the TV series, it, it may not always work for the person who just casual viewer sits down and says, like, oh, I'm going to check this out. 
But I feel also with TV, because it's a series and it's an ongoing series and you have so many episodes, you kind of establish a theme. Mm -hmm. So when you sit down to watch a show, you're conditioned to know what to expect from that show. You know, maybe not plot wise, but at least the way they deliver it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Like something like a Shonda Rhimes show like Scandal has a very different pulse than Mr. Robot. Right. Yeah. And I feel like when that gets changed, it throws the viewers off because, you know, you're not getting what you're accustomed to watching. Like there's a reason why people go out and watch like Michael Bay movies. They know exactly Mm -hmm. what they're getting. Exactly. Um, And I feel that, you know, you can't really do that as much when you're trying to maintain a loyal audience base for an entire season or multiple seasons. You have to be consistent to your brand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of um, Transformers, well, yeah. fans will say that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know where I was going with that, yeah, but I well, had a point. Yeah. Well, the, the, I think it's a good. It's a, speaking of movies and, and themes and stuff, I think it, it's a good segue to uh, to get to our our next topic, which is some pretty a pretty big big weekend. Well, following. Um, Another large weekend with Disney D23. Now we have the granddaddy of them all, the San Diego Comic Con. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> Never heard I wasn't of it. there. Must not be a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People lined up. Well, you know, news I, just came yeah, out. Uh, yeah, some, some news. People lined up. You know, or, you know, for hours on end to get into just the convention center. Yeah, it's just, yeah. This is little. This is little thing called San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> um thank you thank you will for that great setup that was that was magical magical um i still have never heard of san diego comic cone comic cone yeah <laughs> is it Comic-Con or is it comic-con i'm confused comic cone <laughs> i've never heard of this sdcc <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so, but you know what I have heard of? I have heard of Ready Player One, and I saw the trailer. Have either of you read Ready Ready Player One? No. No. Yeah, I haven't either, so I guess we're all on the same page about this, where really we just understand what was shown in the trailer, if we understand the trailer at all. Uh, yeah, so I have to, yeah, I have to admit that I had not read the book. Um, honestly, the, the the reason why I even got a, even checked out the trailer from the outset was, uh, when I was checking all the the Comic Con news on Saturday, uh, someone I follow just happened to tweet that uh, Tom Sawyer from Rush, which is my favorite band was like used <laughs> in the trailer. So I was like, Oh snap, I got to go check this out. I just want to hear Tom Sawyer, you know, see how they like played in the trailer. And that's actually <laughs> yeah. how I got to ready player one. Cause otherwise I, I had, it was not on my radar at all for this past weekend. Yeah. I, um, I, it's been on my radar for a while now, but because I've never read the book, it's hard for me to really be too excited about it. Um, it's interesting that Steven Spielberg is behind the camera, though. I feel like I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
he's just been absent and hasn't been having as much success in this decade as past decades. But uh, to Sarah's <laughs> point about Spielberg in this decade, given that Ready Player One is just heavy on nostalgia, it's probably in, in particular probably Spielberg's heyday, which was the 80s with Raiders of the Lost Ark, etc. Uh, you know, what, you know, what better director to, to, to handle handle this film uh, than Spielberg? I mean, E.T., I mean, you know, all, you know, 80s, was, he was king during the 80s. I mean, you want right. you know, you wanted Spielberg to do your film. Jackie, what did you think about Ready Player One? I thought it looks really intriguing. The fact that they're combining a nostalgic film with a, a very, very futuristic dystopian world. Um, I thought that was a really cool, like, juxtaposition. I think it's like the mm -hmm. exact opposite of Stranger Things, you know, timeline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually takes place in the past. Yeah, yeah. no, it's really cool. I feel like, I feel like the concept has been explored. I don't know if I've seen a really good, um, you know, I don't think I've seen a really good, like, recent film that's doing what this is trying to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And and what I what I understand is that the book was such a success. The, and what often happens is that the screenwriter usually misses the point of the book often. So it always for book readers, they go to the film and they're watching it and they're like, yeah, this isn't the story that I fell in love with. Um, but the writer of the book actually penned the screenplay. So Ooh, that's it, it does thing. Exactly. It's very promising in that that um, what people really enjoyed about the book will still be in there. Granted, I also I also find that um, book readers, you have to remember that when you're when you're reading a book, it's told from a very different perspective than when you're watching a movie. And it's. And so that's why that difference always occurs. And um, there's, a, I mean, you were talking about it before. There's a difference between the words that are written on the word on the page to the words when they're spoken out loud to even mm -hmm. just the images that you can put mm -hmm. in a film that can speak so many, so much more volumes than just um, a written page. So we'll right, see. Right. Yeah, I, and then I mean, you've got the element of time. I mean, if you tried to put every detail in a book on screen, you'd end up with a movie that's like five, six hours long. Yeah. Which, Which, I mean, some people we'll talk about Infinity War some, run times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some people be some people will be okay with that actually. <laughs> Just build in a few inter intermissions, and you know, there you go. <laughs> I, it, I mean, there's always a time and a place for that. It depends on if the story has you really engaged and and what's mm -hmm. happening. Um, I I feel like in terms of a trailer, this was a pretty decent one yeah. for viewers like us who have no knowledge of this property coming in and just saying, hey, there's a really cool thing happening in a few months. You should get on board now. Well, it, it pretty much sold me on that. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to know more about the story, but I'm sold definitely on that world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It definitely, yeah. It, it, like I said, it, you, know, just, you know, the musical selection, you know, was enough to pull me in. And then once I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this is really, this is really dope. I'm like, I, I think, yeah. uh, 
you know, seeing Iron Giants, seeing the DeLoreans, like, race around. I mean, of course, you know, someone who grew up in the 80s and stuff, it, it, you know, it obviously spoke to me. Um, okay. So, okay, well, yeah. if you hold it against me one more time that I grew up in the 90s and not the 80s, <laughs> I might have to. Like, I can still someone, appreciate this someone, film, too, someone, you know? Well, yeah, you know, yeah, there's some Duke Nukem there, so there you go. I think this film is also on the cusp of being very, like, socially relevant, too. You know, we're in this age where we're starting to get virtual reality being a little bit more mainstream. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, you know, overpopulation and it's running out of resources. And, you know, this is not too, too, too far into the sci-fi future, I feel. That's true. It's, in a black mirror sort of way. It can be like, a, well, a, what was that? Um, uh, Wally was that way. Where it just Wally, kind of, yeah. yeah, where it just kind of <laughs> snuck up. That's a lovely <laughs> film. I, you know, I watched it on Earth Day, and, yeah, and it was, uh, yeah, it's what it's a lovely film. Um, I love that one. Yeah, it's great. But I mean, but it is, it was one of those things like you know Jackie racing up one. It kind of you know it was very it was very topical and just kind of snuck up. You know, it, you know it conveyed the message without just beating you over the head with it. Huh. Yeah, I I don't know if. Maybe I'm just tired of it, though, because I feel like we have seen there was this movie called Nerve that I I don't think a lot of people saw, but it still came out. And right now it's on Amazon. um, And I feel like it had touched on similar things uh, because the game, they get lost in this game, essentially. So I almost feel like, though, I'm getting to a point where I feel like this is kind of more of a redundant trope that... But what has this scenario going for it is an amazing director, probably a good script, um, some great actors, because Ty Sheridan, great up-and-comer, um, Olivia Cook, who wasn't in the trailer, but she came from the movie Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Have either of you seen that movie? No. Mm-mm, no. Jackie, that's your new homework assignment. You'll love oh, it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see the tweet tomorrow. Sarah, damn it, you did it again. I can't get any more. What's it called again? What's the movie called again? It's called Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Oh, God, it just sounds depressing. But it is so beautiful. And there's, there's, like, this underlying current to it about just the general appreciation of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Because what they do is Earl, me and Earl... Um, I forget the main character's name, but they um, make these short f- films that are based off of, um, like, real films. So one of their spoof movies is called, like, um, 215 Cowboy and not, mm-hmm. like, Midnight Cowboy. Like all, they And they, they show you all this stuff. So, so I think you would appreciate it a lot. Okay. Um, I'll give it a try. Yeah, yeah, but she's, and then you'll know Olivia Cook, and you'll be like, okay, that's why I need to go see Ready Player One, because she does a really good performance in that. So, and then Ben Mendelsohn, who is now just going to be the villain in every single movie that comes out, <laughs> that's produced by Disney, which is great, because he's awesome, but still, man. Talk about typecast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's getting work. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
I think, though, the trailer that I keep watching on replay, though, is Netflix. Netflix's new film, Bright, that will be released later this year in December. Oh, yeah. That was the uh, Will. Was that the Will Smith one? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. That one was really, really interesting. Yeah, it, it I, didn't even, took... I didn't even know this project was exist existed. I didn't hear anything about this. This is the first time I'm seeing anything about this trailer. And I was like, whoa, what is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was a really good trailer. It was. Yeah. It was. I have to. It was very mm-hmm. grippy. Really good trailer. I will say I couldn't help but think back to Will Smith and Martin Lawrence with uh, Bad Boys. And the whole, <laughs> I just, you know, it, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, it's like basically, you know, Will and you know Martin. Martin's now uh, is an orc, but you know, it had that say that 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 vibe and another thing. It was it had yeah, it had you know, it's the it, you know, it took the well worn buddy cop trope and just took it to a new level with this alternate present day universe. Well, well, I mean, there was there was definitely bad boys. Um, Will Smith had his dead shot moment towards the end there. Mm. There was also a lot of Lord of the Rings imagery speckled throughout. I felt like yeah. um, it. It just it felt different though, and I almost want to relate it to when I first saw um, it's based off of Apartheid and I forget the real name of the film. Why am I? Um, anyways, so it had that. It had um, I love the music choice because as soon as they played those violins, as soon as the mu- music went up, suddenly the cutting got a lot um, shorter and it it just, the action picked up and I love how they integrated all of the different fairy tale creatures, and they they, they came out, came off as like villainous and just mobsters. And I don't know, I'm very fascinated by this project. Yeah, it definitely had a, an original vibe to it that, uh, mm-hmm. um, which you know, which was refreshing because after, I mean. You know, this whole weekend, it, it, it was a lot of familiar properties that were being on display. But, uh, yeah, this one, I, yeah, this is definitely one, um, that I'm looking forward to because, I'm, you know, I run hot and cold on Will Smith, but this is one project that I feel, you know, that I, I actually do want to see. Mm-hmm. I feel like this topic kind of lends itself to Will Smith's character too, because he's a character actor. Right? He kind of plays the same role every time, but he interjects enough humor into it. Yeah. It's like they're using this as a, as a, as a, uh, as a parallel to talk about like racism and all the other issues mm-hmm. that society now faces, but they're doing it in a way that's really clever and different. Definitely. Yeah. And, and so this, this, this trailer reminds me of District 9. I think because it had that very, um, it, it felt like, it, it didn't feel like a feature film, and maybe part mm-hmm. of that is because it's going to be shown on Netflix, but it also felt like it, we were following Will Smith's character and his partner's character around while they're trying to save this this creature and trying to protect their families and their loved ones. So it felt like it was shot by a handheld camera at points. 
um, at least that's the way the action came off. Um, and it felt kind of just like people just filming and wanting to tell a good story. Um, and they, they did a lot of, um, they take, they take their metaphors that they're trying to get across very seriously. I guess Bobman did it. <laughs> Let's talk about Bobman. I think it looks really interesting and we're all looking forward to seeing it. Definitely. Speaking of Batman. <laughs> yeah, he, he's back. <laughs> Justice League. So we have come to the next big ensemble superhero film. Um, so a couple of things as far as Justice League you know, leading up to it. We saw the earlier trailer this year. I have to say the trailer that was debuted at uh, Comic-Con got me excited about the film. Um, because the first one, I have to admit, it just left me, yeah, okay. Um, mm-hmm. But but this one, I'm like, okay, I, 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 I'm starting to feel this film. I, I'm starting to feel it. Um, I think, you know, obviously as far as the, you know, you know, leading into Comic-Con, there was a lot of discussion about whether or not uh, Ben Affleck was going to continue to be the Batman. Uh, because mm-hmm. of all the got you know back and forth about well he's not directing the solo Batman film that's coming out uh, in a few years and then apparently the script that he had penned was not going to be utilized but um, you know <laughs> they all showed up in San Diego the whole cast the crew big smiles and you know Ben shot down all the rumors during during the uh, Q and A in Hall H so Ben's sticking around mm-hmm. um, as far as the trailer itself. Uh, it was, you know, they rightfully made Wonder Woman the focus. <laughs> uh, yes. Right. Uh, she single-handedly saved that whole DC franchise, in my totally, opinion. She <laughs> totally has. She totally has. So it's just like, you know, all the signature, you know, uh, Wonder Woman moments from that, that, all, that, that great film. It's like, okay, we're going to just focus on that. She's, you know... Yeah, we got these guys, we got these dudes around, but don't worry, folks, it's about Wonder Woman. Uh, um, I think, you know, Steppenwolf is the, uh, is the, is the baddie in this film, and, uh, usually Darkseed usually went to Justice League as the, is the bad guy, but, uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that all plays out, uh, in the, when, when the film mm-hmm. is released. The big thing that came out of it for me was the end of the trailer. And that was a lot of speculation over the weekend. <laughs> what, who was Alfred talking to at the end? Was it Superman or was it Green Lantern? And I fall in the Green Lantern camp. So why? Mm. Green Lantern is a charter member of the Justice League. Um, he has been teased multiple times. I think um, at least on the at least on the television side of the universe. Uh, but I think even in this, you know, it has had a chance to get fully fleshed out in the cinematic universe, but I want to say Ferris there was maybe mentioned, was it mentioned in Batman v Superman? I can't remember. I, I fell asleep during that movie. I know everyone did except for me. <laughs> but again, I'm the club of one. I actually like Batman v Superman, but, it, um, <laughs> but, um, I, I think it was, I think it, I think it's, I think it's Green Lantern, uh, because, uh, our, you know, the other point I Sarah, you know, we were direct messaging back and forth during the weekend. Um, right. One thing about GL uh, and, and, and Batman, 
is that Batman, if, if people do recall, when they were awake there, Batman v Superman, he had tapes on everybody for this project. <laughs> and it makes sense that Alfred recognized him and wonder when he was going to show up. So was but wait was did was one of the files that Wonder Woman opened was it a Green Lantern file? Uh no, I don't think so. But that, that's, exactly. But that doesn't moving mean, on. Yeah, that doesn't mean it wasn't there. <laughs> but moving on from yeah, moving on from uh, enough of me talking. I want to hear your your reaction, Jackie? Um, I agree. I was kind of. I mean, I'm. I'll be honest. I'm definitely Team Marvel. When it comes to like either side of the comic book wars, <laughs> don't worry, you'll, we'll get we'll get to Marvel here in a minute. <laughs> but, but with that being said, I agree that this new trailer got me excited for it. Um, it made me kind of say like, "Huh, maybe DC has a chance." Um, and it me saying that is like ninety nine percent Wonder Woman. There, I feel that. DC kind of, they were kind of late to the game because, you know, the whole, like, franchise of having these individual uh, superheroes and then having them all come together for this league, uh, that's something that Marvel had put in place years ago, Mm -hmm. right? They knew exactly what they were doing, and they set out, like, these long extended contracts for all of their actors because they had a plan. And I feel like DC's just kind of scrambling to catch up, right? Yeah. Um. Even to the point. My fear, my, I have two fears about this, and not so much fears, but just like I'm, I'm afraid for them. One, we haven't had a chance to get attached to the other characters that are coming into play. Mm. We're all attached to Wonder Woman. Yes, she's carrying the weight of this film. Batman has his followings. I actually really like Batman too. He has his followings. Coming in. Like we haven't we haven't really grown attached to them, you know. Like Aquaman, I'm still seeing Cal Drogo. <laughs> so no, I agree. Oh, sorry, Wait, what? <laughs> Cal Drogo. Um, but so so I wonder about that. And then also the second thing is timing wise, this is going to be an incredibly busy year for Marvel, and so DC is trying to like compete with that with this one film. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid that um, everyone. Is spend their movie theater money watching other things and through no fault of DCs, they're just not going to have the numbers. Well, so it's going to be an interesting thing because in November there will be a war between Marvel and DC with Thor coming out and Justice League coming out both separate weekends, but within the same month. And we saw how, Potentially, that affected Spider-Man box office numbers because Wonder Woman came out in June and Spider-Man came out in July. Yep. Right. So, and and so I think your fears are legitimate, Jackie. Yeah. Um, there's also kind of a reason why <laughs> DC was like, well, if Marvel did their universe this way, we can't exactly copy them with all of the standalones plus pretty much everyone knows our characters. So instead we're going to do the opposite, which comes off exactly how you explained, like scrambling. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I like the trailer. It's not horrible. I think I, to your point, Will, I prefer it over the first one. My main curiosity though, is 
I want to see a Zack Snyder cut of this movie versus a um, Joss Whedon cut of this movie, because now we're getting reports that Joss Whedon is pretty much going to reshoot the entire film. Yeah, even to the point where Henry Cavill's got to digitally remove his mustache for Mission Impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was just like, when I read that, I was like, yes, yes, (laughs) yes. It is crazy. Um, But, I mean. I don't know why they're doing it the other way. Yeah. (laughs) There, it's just, it's just insane. This is a huge property, and. Um, nobody, there has to be somebody in control. And because we don't have, because of the track record that DC has, and because there, there doesn't seem to be this clear vision and the vision keeps changing. And when one film is successful, suddenly that character gets bolsters, get, gets, um, moved to the top. But the original plan changes. That's that's uncertainty. So it's it is going to be interesting to see what that final product looks like. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, the Snyder cut and the Whedon cut and then the full director's cut. Yeah. And then, oh, Will, don't forget, DC also lets people, editors who cut trailers, edit their f- movies, too. Don't forget what happened with Suicide Squad. Oh, well, I didn't see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. True, true, very true. That is the thing. Well, let's, but, yeah. I mean, if they're making so many changes, it almost makes it sound like they don't have faith in their original product either. Yeah. You, you know? Uh, no, you're spot on. That, that, they, they, they don't. They lost, They. I mean, Wonder Woman, standalone, made more money than a film called Batman v Superman. I wouldn't have faith <laughs> yeah. in that vision either. Yeah. Because it, it really, I mean, I love Wonder Woman, um, but that that really shouldn't have happened. <laughs> it's really clear. Historically speaking, yeah, yeah. definitely. It, it's just, I mean, a lot of people wanted to that movie. That movie should have made more than it did. Yeah. With those two characters. Totally. But, totally. Uh, speaking of characters, who? Well, you know, maybe DC will learn from the Thor franchise of Marvel, because I feel like Thor has also been that character that's constantly kicked around and we don't (laughs) have a good understanding of him. And yet Chris Hemsworth knows how to sell Thor. And I don't know what, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I was agreeing with, he totally does. Yeah. I mean, Jackie, have you seen these behind the scenes, um, films that Chris Hemsworth does and he's still in character but he's kind of not and he just mocks all of the other Marvel characters oh my god that's so great I must YouTube this right now (laughs) it is it is some of the best things ever and even Tom Holland um did a spoof Mm -hmm. of what Chris Hemsworth does because it's just delightful and it like that small clip without seeing any of the movie makes me that much more interested in Ragnarok. Granted, I did see the trailer, and this trailer is freaking awesome. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is so awesome. So much, well, uh, it. it had it, you know, and Thor needed this because Dark World was just that it was dark. It was crap. <laughs> it was it a was crap, crap film. It's my least favorite one of all the Marvels. Even even worse, even more so than Ant Man. Um. 
But, uh, what, you know, uh, one thing that did strike me, though, when I was watching the trailer and, you know, and, and hearing some of this with Infinity War might have influenced it, but also just the visuals, is how much of Guardians of the Galaxy influenced that trailer with the, yes. with the graphics. And, the, and to get back to our comment, you know, discussion earlier about the whole retro nostalgia theme, it just felt that it, it just had that feel to it, but in a good way. Uh, yes, it's eighties. Yeah. It's eighties. Yeah. So I, I mean, I mean, from the, from the song choice to the visuals to Hulk. Now, Thor. Who knew all Thor needed was the Hulk, and I want a Hulk too because <laughs> my understanding is that um, what they didn't really give, they didn't really explain this in the trailer, but what they did explain in, in on the panel during Comic Con or Comic Con. Is, is that basically for the past two years, so since events of Avengers 2, Banner has refused to, um, to come out of Hulk mode. If that's what the kids call it these days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so he's just full on Hulk and that's why you have that scene at the end of the trailer where Hulk is talking because He's obviously started to talk like a little toddler. Hmm. I mean, he's only two years old. <laughs> short, short sentences. Probably does a better speaking than I do tonight. But I just, I love it. And it's only going to be 90 minutes. And they also have an amazing female villain, Kate Blanchett. You can yeah. do that. Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. She looks so wicked. Totally does. So, so wicked. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why Thor gets hated on. He's always been my favorite. So, <laughs> did you see Dark World? No. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just so like big and so, strong and godlike and dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they don't seem they don't seem to utilize that as much. He was a lot of humor, you know, like his, I don't know, just him being a big dumb god is like, I thought it was really funny. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think it, the, the original, the first Thor, and also in, in, in Avengers, um, you know, they, they, they do play that up well. I think he, you know, he's, he's always been better in the ensemble than the standalone, so hopefully, Ragnarok will, will 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 finally remedy that, and just based off the trailers, it looks like it looks like they mm-hmm. they've managed to do that, and maybe even right, yeah. and, and to set up you know his playing off Star Lord in uh in, in in Infinity War. Um. So so that was it with Marvel news, right? Yes, major Marvel news. There were a few little <laughs> few little tidbits. I mean, of course, there was another Black Panther. Uh, Poster that was displayed at the at the Comic Con that uh, you know, went viral on Twitter and Facebook. Um, some news about um, Marvel's Captain Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel, uh, will be uh, set in the '90s, and uh, I guess we have the two-eyed Nick Fury. Um, and then hey, um, hey, Will, yeah, I will understand all of the Miss Marvel references because I was I was born in the nineties. So. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it reminds yeah. me. That speaking of the Marvel, it, it, it reminds, your, your comment just reminded me of Captain America and Avengers. 
I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I will get that. You think that's cute? Yep. Yep. Which I, I appreciate how they're not doing 80s for a change or even 70s. We, we haven't really seen a, a 90s comic book movie. Um, but I don't, I don't know if either of you picked up on this while watching Mr. Robot, but Mr. Robot itself is a very much a 90s TV show. Even though it's not set in the 90s, there are elements of it that just feel um, like that decade. Yeah. And speaking of, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Also, speaking of nineties, is Wonder Woman two? Is it? Did I read it was set in the nineties, or is it going to be the seventies? I can't remember. I heard it was going to be the eighties. Okay. I know. I know it was the present day, but I yeah. I just I, I just couldn't remember how you know was it Actually, twenty years let back. Me, let or not. Let me be honest. All I heard is Chris Pine was going to be in the sequel. Okay. <laughs> that makes me very happy. <laughs> you know what the Justice League could use? Chris Pine. Yes. Where is that? Yes. Everyone, every, every, everyone can use Chris Pine. He, he's like the he's definitely the flavor of the month. So. God, he's so funny. Do you guys see the SNL skit where he was like, yeah. "I'm not that Chris. About, yeah, I'm this Chris." Yep, that's that was, genius. That was, oh, good. Yes. So genius. SNL so gold, genius. which I had a lot of mom- good moments this past season. <laughs> hey, so so they also continue to taunt us with showing others the Infinity War footage, but not releasing it online. So there's that. Yeah. Mm. yeah no, I'm not spiteful at all. Yeah. No breaking internet moments yet, but it will come. Be patient. It will come. <laughs> Welcome. And and I mean, outside of that, guys, I think that's a wrap on Film News San Diego Comic Con 2017. So, so we've had a great discussion with Jackie. Thank you again so much for joining us this evening. We we greatly appreciate it. And where can people find you on Twitter, not only for you, but also for your film? Um, so I'm on Twitter at Jax Dallas, J-A-X-D-A-L-L-A-S. And for the movie, for the film, it's at Look Into Fire M-O-V. Look Into Fire Mov. <laughs> Thank you so much. And where else? Um, and you're also on other platforms. Where can, where can people find you else as well? Yeah, so I'm also on Facebook. I go by uh, Jackie Dallas Actress. I've got a page on there. And then our film's got a page as well, Look Into the Fire Movie. Um, I've got a Instagram at Jack Stallitz, same handle as my Twitter and a website. If everyone wants to go and check out whatever it is that I'm working on and have worked on and doing, um, and that's just JackieDallas.com. Great. And Sarah, where can people find you? If you can get it out. You can find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. And you can find me. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's at W I L L M P O L K. So, um, please follow our crew on Twitter at our web at our Twitter page at Scene and Nerd. Uh, you can friend us on Facebook, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can also find us on the Cast Box Android app. So, that being said. Thanks for joining us tonight. Geek out. We're out.
Bye. Bye.